0: Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. I'm Heidi Bennett, and this is the podcast where I talk with immensely creative professionals about their projects, their process, and lessons learned along the way. Today, my guest is Emmy Award-winning choreographer, Kat Burns, and we had a fantastic conversation. Kat was so open and generous about the process and the collaborations and all the things that she's worked on. She's been involved in UCB. She's been involved in some of the most incredibly hilarious and moving uh, projects on television. Just for an example, she was the lead choreographer on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's also worked on Black Monday, Drunk History, Another Period, Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later. So you're getting a vibe, right? She worked on the Throwing Shade TV series, so she's collaborated with a lot of my favorite podcasters and funny people, and she is a really funny and fun, engaging and warm and generous person herself. So I really appreciated talking with Kat and having her uh, be so generous with her time. I had a little problem with the sound, so I'm going to come in a little bit hot right in the beginning and... uh, she drops out a little bit here there you can hear everything don't worry it's just it's not the best recording i've ever had on the podcast and i've checked my levels so everything should be hunky-dory from here on out but um you know these kind of things happen so we're gonna jump right into the conversation where i'm asking kat about her work on the morning show the apple tv plus drama starring jennifer aniston reese witherspoon and a really uh wonderful cast, Steve Carell and a whole bunch of other people, a great ensemble cast, and uh, she got to work on that amongst many other interesting projects. So please enjoy this episode of Vibrant Visionaries. How did you get involved with the the morning show project?
1: Uh, yeah, the morning show. Um, Sarah Kaplan, who was a producer or the the UPM, the one of the executive producers on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, took over uh, the morning show kind of in the middle of a season. Mm. So she's technically how I met everybody, obviously, and she so she brought me in and I choreographed. I was not in it, although I wish I was because that kind of style of dancing, the tall showgirl choreography, is. Um, as a five ten woman who dreamed of being a raquette, that was my dream. But this one has has a sense of humor to to it. <laughs> it about the story is not about the story of Jesus. It's the story of um, sexual predators, which is you know a very different story than than the Rockettes tell. But <laughs> it was it was it was great to combine the classic showgirl choreography with very tongue and cheek lyrics. Maybe it's not so tongue and cheek. Maybe it was just more. Uh, preposterous and accusatory lyrics
0: (laughs) yeah yeah for sure i really enjoyed the tone of the morning show and and the performances were so incredible and so yeah i was thinking about that as well we were talking about the show the show girl style and the rockette style and with with crazy ex-girlfriend and a lot of other projects that you've worked on there's so many different dance styles and i was just wondering like when you get into choreography i have no idea like do you specialize in one or i mean you obviously have experience with a huge amount of them because you've choreographed such a such a broad spectrum of of styles
1: yeah so you know it's interesting cuz like Part of my discovery of the past week is feeling conflicted about, you know, doing like 90s hip hop, you know, I I wasn't a hip hop dancer, like for crazy ex girlfriend, where there's this number called, don't be a lawyer. So I think one of the things that I'm good at is I, I can understand talent, and I can bring authenticity to a script. So even if I'm not the expert at the style, I am I'm hopefully passing the mic and showing bringing light to people that are experts at that style, whether it be you know, they toured, Wait, they toured with Fosse for years and years and years. And then we're doing like a Fosse spoof and it's very different in the name of parody. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like the name of parody, you want to as properly live in a genre as possible, but it's like, it's tricky because I'm not claiming it as my own. I mean, it is my own. Right. But it's like, it takes, I mean, if you think about hip hop and dance in general. I mean, that's generations and generations of collaborators and work. And you know, which are mostly black people that then like white people are like, I did this. And I'm like, (laughs) let's get it twisted. Like nobody's hiring me for hip hop jobs. Okay. Uh, I do not bring the cool hip hop factor, but I know how to get the right people in the room, whether it be that or tall show girls, which like the audition, that thing I understand because I came up doing Texas drill team. Okay. So precision dance, I understand. And which I think in essence can be in a Texas ballpark, so to speak. But yeah, so I've kind of studied dance my whole life. Like anything televised I watched, like I loved movie musicals. I, I Even in college, I would like just play cats, the like Broadway stage recording as I was studying to be a nurse. So I've kind of always studied all different kinds of styles. And I like the challenge of why this style? Like why did the writer think that this style would work to heighten the joke or heighten the story. So it's kind of, even if someone says like Fosse as a very vague reference, like let's say it's Mm -hmm. like, well, are you referencing Fosse because you specifically want those white jazz hands and knocked knees? Or is it because it's super hypersexual or is it because it's kind of awkward or, or is it because of this one scene when they have all, you know, we're taking off all their clothes and they have their flashlights on their faces. Like Or is it, does it feel very vaudevillian? Like, cause Fossey also had a vaudevillian essence to him, but you know, he also came up doing burlesque. So, which, which in itself can be funny. Like if burlesque is done properly, it's funny and sexual. So it's trying to like get into the writer's minds and give them my lifetime of observation (laughs) through movement, I suppose. Yeah, thank you
0: for answering that. I think that was one of the things I was thinking of when I was looking at all the different variety of projects that you've worked on. And I was thinking that, yeah, the the word comedy obviously keeps coming up because you've worked on Drunk History, um, Black Monday, which was one of my new favorite shows. And all the way scrolling on down your imdb to freak dance which is one of my
1: favorites oh my gosh no way you're no maybe not so appropriate now but you know comedy doesn't have the best uh shelf life actually
0: oh yeah you worked on dispatches from elsewhere that's one of my other shows that I really enjoyed um, and the boy, I think was that the last episode or second to last episode. Last, yeah. It was yeah.
1: the episode. Yeah. What was
0: it like working
1: on that? That was great. Um, there was a lot of conversations with Jason Siegel is a creator and star for those. I don't know over the phone. Cause he was already in Philly. And, um, and then the boy Travis, you know, he's a musical theater kid, but like the, it was quite, quite an athletic, number that he had to pull off so and also finding the specificity of like what makes him special like the script was very much like wow this kid auditions and he's so special so it was a it, lot of coachings with him here in LA before we before we flew to Philly and then also I you know we we kind of discovered there was going to be this like there's like this massive trick and it was working with stunts and then she ended up like the like You know, the the young boy is probably about 4'10 and, you know, quite petite as most boys are before they age. And uh, so I was trying to find a dance double for him was quite tricky because of his build and his height. And, you know, you need someone that can flip off a wall. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Don't see a lot of women do in general. It's Mm -hmm. that O'Connor tip of the hat to make them laugh. And it was very specific. Lots of conversations with legal about how it couldn't be like that number. And then it was like tricky because then it was like, oh, it becomes this um, big dance number. And I'm going on a very long tangent. The The short answer to the question, it was really wonderful. And Jason was really collaborative and kind of let me play and was, you know, very much trusted me in my process and, You know, was was um, the whole team was very collaborative and wonderful, but the the nitty gritty of it because it's a podcast is is what I was getting at, and uh, then it's like then then there's a big group number right like a big MGM with backup dancers, but the reference is just kind of a one man show, and the things that are happening are kind of pratfall-ish. If you remember the original Sing in the Rain reference, you do right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like without that and just the dancing, it kind of had more of a circus feel. Versus Pratt Folly. but and it was kind of scary to re envision a very popular comedy dance, right? Like I'm like, oh, what is this? What is my take on a very, very famous number? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Sarah Georgina was a double for Travis Anna, who played the boy, and they were both so awesome. She she taught herself with some help of older um older gymnasts and stuff to flip off of a wall, and that's a skill she'll always have. And it's like. I'm so proud of her for conquering that fear. Cause even these like dancers that have been working on Broadway for a long time, they even like had to muster up some gusto to even try to do it. So I'm really proud of her. And I had an audition in New York like a few days before the shoot in Philly. And so we had like an audition and then a day of rehearsal in New York, maybe two, and then and then the shoot. And that was that. But it was um it was really great, really fun, and really be part of a Really phenomenal show and um, do the finale number.
0: Like I mentioned earlier, um, p- perhaps off mic, like you work with a lot of people who do do podcasts that I love, like for comedy Bang Bang that had their TV series, and also yeah, yeah. Growing Shade that had their limited series. How do you work with uh, people who are, um, I'm assuming if, if you're working with Aaron and Brian, I can't remember that episode specifically. Was that something where you were working with them dancing?
1: So that one was, uh, I was playing Brian's sister, who all of a sudden started like voguing in the audience and what was really cool was that I mean I choreographed it but really they're the experts and I just was smart enough to hire them but um two dancers that actually trained I believe it was under House of Ninja I might be incorrect in this but Eric and Carlos who are phenomenal voguers and they they were like playing crew guys who also started voguing and it was kind of like the outro of the show but prior to that or around that, Aaron and I, I know from UCB, Brian, and I had helped choreograph one of his groundling sketches. Mm. And then I helped them both with their live tour. They had an opening number, two different two different opening numbers and two different tour dates, I guess. So I, I love working with uh, EPs that are also comedic and stars slash writers because it's, you're, it's a very clear vision and it's very easy to find the game. So, to speak, is obviously a super improv thing to say. To so yes, and their script and to find a game through dance is really fun.
0: So, yeah, so they come to you with a, and I might not be using all the right, yeah, language myself, but like with a concept and like a, a purpose behind it. And then together you're sort of finding the right vibe, or you come back to them with ideas, or yeah, how does that work?
1: It totally varies. Every collaboration is different. Uh, With the Throwing Shade one in particular, it was pretty straightforward. It was like, we just have a bit that all of a sudden everyone starts voguing. And so, yeah, (laughs) that was that. And you're like, okay, and scene. And so I'm like in the audience and I start voguing. And then, you know, the only thing there was like, well, what if they vogued together? Like, is it how choreographed is it? How freestyle is it? How many dancers can I hire? So all those nitty gritties in the beginning are obviously a part of it conversation. And then sometimes from there, they'll like pass the choreographer on to the composer or music supervisor. And so I can kind of communicate what I might need, like making sure there's a click track, which is like before the music starts. So the dancer can catch the first beat or actor can catch the first beat. So sometimes as a choreographer, you're, you're invited into like production meetings, which obviously for crazy X, I was like a proper department head, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times I just have to like, figure it out real quick and try not to be a nuisance but also try to be helpful. <laughs> so it's a trick. Yeah. of like, hi hey, hi I'm new. Also listen to me. It's, you know. Right. <laughs> Are there any other
0: I I I mean I could talk with you all day honestly, but like between say the wet hot American summer first day of camp and key and peel And Children's Hospital, like, are there any things that pop out to you that are maybe interesting stories or just a different way of collaborating or anything you feel like discussing on any of those or really anything that you worked on?
1: Yeah, I'll talk about one thing that I kind of feel weird about and in a good way. Like, and what I'm going to say is a really kind of cringy thing. But what I'm going to say is I kind of feel weird about choreographing Negro Town, which Mm -hmm. was really Peel. So I'd been working with them for all the all five seasons. I knew Jordan from UCB um, and Peter, the director from UCB, and obviously same with them. There was a variety of dances. There was like the 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 party motivators who were like '90s hip hop guys who were like hired to be at Bot mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, of which they like pretended to know everything about but didn't. There was like a boy band number. There was like a 1950s like spoof of Just Stay for the Night, which is, like, kind of rapey. And then what else? There was, like, a number called Shot in the Dick that I was, like, in, which was, like, in vogue, uh, sexy walking, I suppose, um, kind of rap girls. And then there was, like, an 80s aerobics meltdown, which was, like, Crystal Light Championship, which that style I obviously super know because I grew up on Jane Fonda videos with my mom. Um, But then the finale was was there – the, which, which to me is like the perfect example of a really well done sketch. It's smart, it's sad, it's poignant, it's political, it's funny. If you haven't seen Negro Town, it unfortunately still is as current as ever, which is about police brutality and singling out black men and considering they're in a gang and taking them to jail. And the whole premise of this was like, what would what would it look like if white people didn't exist? And Jordan was like, what would what would the movement look like if white people didn't exist? And I was like, well, glad you're asking me, you know, like, (laughs) obviously, I already understood their language through comedy. So I was able to deliver this massive number. And I was like, well, I think it would be African, you know, maybe African jazz if it's performative. And he's like, but it still has to feel like joyous and celebratory. So then I was like, well, maybe it's like Alvin Ailey with like African jazz and a combination of like the technical lines of modern dance with alvin ailey and so then it was kind of hiring 12 super choreographed dancers 50 extras and then other specialty dancers which were freestyling and then other 50s like other 50 dancers and i was just talking to my friend dominique kelly who's a great dancer who was in it and what was so interesting and the thing i didn't even think about until i had these phenomenally specific well-trained dancers was that within the world it was like all of these friends had never worked together as black trained male and female dancers because they were always used to being the token. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we'd never danced together. Like normally we're the only black person. I was like, Oh man. Cause I asked him recently. I was like, I feel weird about it. How was that? And he was like, why do you feel weird? And so I, you know, I just was like, why was I doing it? But I was able to get the group. And like, when we did like a hitch, like a, like a, like a kick, they all started laughing. I was like, well, what would be like the most Alvin Ailey hinge? And then they all found it and they were all laughing. I was like, great, that's it. I mean, like I obviously didn't come up training with Alvin Ailey, but I can understand the vocabulary and the movement. And like I said, I, I benefit from people having a history and specifically black artists and black dancers that made that number phenomenal. And so I just feel guilty about it, even though anyways, you know, it's just an interesting experience. And it was also interesting within that own community to learn that a lot of the black dancers that were hired were i guess the word is uh, they're they're just they're just light like light, lighter skinned mm-hmm. white passing, I guess for a lot of the women, like a lot of the women had like the more straight hair or, or whatever, and Jordan and keegan and, and all of Key and Peel, which as they do was like wanted to push the envelope and was like we need we need diversity of skin color. Also, we need different shades of black and brown. And like, I I kind of even within, it was kind of a bummer to see the racism even within it, right? That you were like, that there were token, there were token black people, the lighter people were working more. And it just kind of bummed me out. But I was happy that I was able to bring everyone together and um, at the same time feel guilty. So that's kind of a story I wanted to share. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think as a woman, I have a lot of, like, imposter syndrome of, like, why am I doing it? You know, I was, I was raised Catholic, so there's obviously, like, just inherent guilt <laughs> with everything, mm-hmm. everything I do. And I always think everything I'm doing is wrong or I'm going to hurt someone's feelings or insult someone or <laughs> or I just got lucky or why did I do that? And even after two Emmys, I'm like, oh, my gosh, me? really? (laughs) And it's not an act. (laughs) I'm not like hiding between like hiding behind. a. Anyways, I know I'm good at my job. And I know I show up for people. But um, that's, that's, that's all you can do is be honest, be kind and be authentic and try to do a good job. So I I feel very lucky and to work with these brilliant comedians that that bring out specific things and like, with David Wayne and *The Wet Hot American Summer* and *Children's Hospital*, people, I learned the, the the silliness of play, taking down what you expect something to be. You know how like at the end of scenes, I like walk into a wall and just stand facing the wall. And then, you know, through *Crazy Ex-Girlfriend*, I learned the value of an all-female voice, of an uh, all-female village. And then I worked on *Workaholics*, which obviously wasn't isn't a female-driven story. So within comedy, to go back and forth. You know, female comedy versus male comedy versus versus Key and Peele comedy versus what Hot American comedy. They all are very diverse within their point of view and within their storytelling. So I feel lucky that I get to be an expert at nothing and kind of bounce around (laughs) and highlight and share people that have dedicated their lives to be excellent. And And I benefit from that personally, from being surrounded by excellence. That was a very long answer. I love it, <laughs> but it's just that you asked the story and that's just been on my mind. And, but, you know, to be honest, the thing I'm thinking about currently and like choreographers are very diverse in their movement styles for the most part. I mean, it actually really depends because it can be as specific as like somebody can claim, like, for example, like Memphis juking is a is a style within hip hop that little buck and his crew like kind of came up doing. So there's definitely originators of specific moves, definitely mm-hmm. within the hip hop community of which I'm not hundred percent versed in. And I try my best, which is all we can do is to give credit where credit is due and to help educate myself and others and ask questions. Like I think asking questions, although it can be scary is important, even if you know the answer, like cause maybe they're going to tell you something that you didn't know or that you didn't think of that way. And I think what what's interesting for me is like a lot of hip hop choreographers or like backup dancers that then create their own style of movement that then been for artists. They, they find their voice and their way through a specific kind of musicality and a specific kind of movement, if that makes sense. And then when you work in television, you're supposed to do everything. So in essence, it's like... You feel like a fraud because you're not the master at one thing and it constantly feels like you're quote unquote taking someone else's thing, but you're not, you're not redoing any accounts counts you're just inspired by. because That's also within the world of parody law. So it's like, it's really interesting and you have to be very careful to understand and appreciate the source material, the reference, but to pay homage and live in the genre and not steal or take. So I tiptoe in that world, not tiptoe. I mean, I dance around that world often. So I'm proud of the way I'm able to highlight story through movement. And I hope that nobody's offended (laughs) from me taking anything. If they're offended, it's because we said period, or or we're doing a, we're doing like a a dance that's about menstruation. And that's what makes people feel uncomfortable. Not that I stole somebody's moves.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But I have to.
1: Like if I'm 90s hip hop, there's going to be certain moves that are going to be like, oh, I know exactly what genre it like. I'm setting the tone. I'm setting the world by 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 being a clear by being clear with my movement. You understand where we are and when does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think when we have our heart in the right place and we're always ready to learn. And I think I haven't taken any improv classes, but I feel like through osmosis, I've learned a lot about improv just through the thousands of hours of podcasts I've listened to and going to UCB and watching improv. And so when I think about dance and then combining what you'd want to do as as a dancer, I would imagine. You know, is learn const to be constantly learning, and then in improv. I feel like it's highlighted how much you are always listening and playing off of other people. So it seems like a really nice combination of things to have as as skills. And then just yeah, it's just it's very fascinating. So thank you for sharing so much of of your experience. Of course. I was going to ask one more question before we start wrapping up today, and that is uh, on a different subject, which is a popular subject on the, this podcast, which is about burnout. And I'm wondering, with your busy schedule and all the uh, you know physical rigors and everything, how is it that you manage or um, get cued in for yourself about like, hmm, I. Th- Feel like I might be running out of steam. I might need to take some time off. Like, how do you take care of yourself so that you have good health and stamina, and and are taking care of your mental and physical health?
1: Yeah, that's you know that's a great question. Uh, obviously, I, I haven't worked in three months. Um, I've taught like a Zoom class, but come March fourteenth, I was actually working on a show called The Other Two dancing with molly shannon in central park when the news Mm. of broadway shut down and the world was shutting down and the unstoppable production train stopped so i find the balance really hard because i'm freelance and my jobs are a few days here and there i mean i did hurt my knee i i i am not a person of regiment scheduling regiment Mm -hmm. whatever I'm not type A. I like to go with the flow. And um, so it's really hard when call times are all over the place to be like, well, every morning is seven, I wake up and I do an hour of yoga. And then I do this and then I do that because sometimes your call is four and you found out, you know, four in the morning and you found out at like 5 p.m. the night before. So... I always just like decompressing with my cat Wilbur. You know, I, uh, I always make time for family and friends and show up for them as much as I can. Yeah. I, I think that is hard. And as far as anything regular, I mean, I make my bed every day, so that's good. <laughs> I, I actually find if I'm not dancing is when I feel men- mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, this, this time has been hard because I, I'm single and I and I so appreciate the amazing people I get to work with and get to know and get to dance. So like when I'm working, I'm firing on all cylinders. And for me, the hardest part is the silence and stillness when I'm not working. That's the challenge. And I and I think I have to be kinder to myself to be like, oh, you're. I think a, accomplishment fatigue is a thing. Mm-hmm. And it is truly a roller coaster because you'll get such high highs from just being on set and like being surrounded by such vibrance. And then when you're by yourself, it's really hard to match that, obviously. So, you know, I do the things. I go for walks. I, I bought a bike and I love bike riding. That's so awesome. The past year, I, I live in Highland Park, Eagle Rock area. So there's tons of awesome bike lanes and stuff. So that's been really nice. But I think the self-care for me will will be a a commitment my whole life. I don't think I'll ever have the answer. And I think when someone's like, well, this is what you need to do, it's like, changes <laughs> week to week it changes I made my garage into a dance studio and so when I get out there and do yoga and allow myself to like give myself my own little flow of whatever is aching me and stuff then that's really great but as far as like creative fatigue um sometimes you just have to step away from it and come back to it I'm also lucky that I get really great assistance like on this don't be a lawyer number for crazy ex Brittany Perry Russell assisted me and um I You know, I've had I've had lots of great assistants. Um, Dominique Kelly assisted me for season one of Crazy X that I got some Emmy nods for. And that really helps. Definitely. Because like when someone shows up to prep with you, by essence of someone walking in the door, your energy is going to change and you don't want to waste their time. At least that's how I am. I'm more accountable when someone else is depending on me versus just myself, which is something I'm working on to show up for myself. Yeah, it's always a
0: learning, it's always a a work in progress. I actually um, coach professional creatives and part of, part of the specialized experience of working with people is like, yeah, I'm not going to try to plug you into some routine because like you demonstrated, it's especially doing freelance, you're working. Um, different schedules all the time. And then creativity can kind of spark at different times of the day and with c- different collaborations. And I really liked that you mentioned how having a, a partner or an assistant or somebody that you're meeting up with, that how much that changes the energy for yourself and um, Yeah, sometimes with with clients when they are working more by themselves, I'll just ask them, can you kind of even almost trick yourself into saying like, well, I have an appointment with, you know, Heidi, (laughs) me, you know, I have an appointment with myself at such and such time. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, just depends on the mood. But yeah, I definitely think it's really great when you know that you've got somebody else you're going to be meeting up with and bike riding and dancing. Like I definitely have been doing more dancing around the house just by nature of being, being stuck at home, you know, it luckily I do have some nice green spaces I've been able to get out into and walk around, but Sometimes I listen to podcasts and then sometimes I put on uh, Lizzo and just, you know, shake my hips as I'm walking my dog and definitely makes me feel better and like I'm moving more, you know, different little parts of my body and muscles and stuff. Too. Yeah, totally,
1: totally. Totally. Yeah. And and for me, it helps having assistants that are, that think differently than I am. Right. Like I got, I got me on lock. That's all I can be is me. <laughs> but uh, It helps like my, my friend, Megan Kong, who dances in a lot of the things I do and assists me a lot is very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We have this. She's like, her time preparedness is great. She's like, don't overstack. You have to get this done. She's going to be very clear. You know, she's, um, and she'll very much be like, no, no, you don't need to worry about that. What's next. I'm like, Yep. Great. Thanks. (laughs) And she assisted me on the morning show and was in it as did Hannah Douglas. And then this girl, Meryl Lester, because that was quite a big number with like Martin Short and Stephen Carell and like 15. I think there were 15 dancers. I want to say 20. Anyways, that it was like super precision. So yeah, a team helps. Dancing helps. Gardening helps. Biking helps. (laughs) And breathing. Sometimes I just forget to breathe. And even if I'm on set and I'm like, oh, wait, I literally have just been holding my breath this like 12 hour day. So it's important to breathe.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time talking with me about all these different projects and just where, where your head and your heart is right now. Um, it's really appreciated. Uh, anything else you want to share or any, um, you know, projects or uh Socials that people can follow, or anything that you'd like to share about what you're up to right now before we before I bid you adieu for the day.
1: Yes, well, um, I've been teaching at Broadway Dance Center online, so I'm like so bicoastal by being New York and LA. Um, so that's been kind of a fun thing. I think eventually maybe I'll you know set up a Patreon or something where like I can have more of a one on one conversation with people and have a specific group that are fans of mine that I can get back to in a way. But um, for the moment, I'm just. On Instagram, um, currently, Kat M. Burns, M as in Marie, and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, at the moment, I'm just like, like you know, amplifying voices.
0: As a fellow compassionate, creative person, I want to, you know, amplify your experience as well. So thank you for for being so, um, so open about where you're at.
1: Yeah, like, you know, the thing that I'm thinking about a lot creatively is how do you how do you pass the mic? How do you? And what, what I have been doing is I feel like I've been helping shine light on amazing talent, but I want to make sure I'm shining it and not taking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm just singing shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sidebar. Have you ever heard of Laura Mulvia? She has a really great song called Diamonds that I love. No, oh, Laura Mulvia? M-V-U-A-L-A, and she's one of the artists recently that like, because it's really rare that I get to choreograph to whatever I want, how I, mm-hmm. how I want, when I want, and even in this pandemic, you would you would think like I would have all these routines, but it's been really hard to like muster up creativity. I mean, I lost my dear friend Adam Schlesinger, who wrote all of the music of Crazy X, I lost mm-hmm. him to the mm-hmm. so you know, the grief and the loneliness in this time have been real, and I haven't felt like choreographing yeah <laughs> but that i've been really resonating with her, al- her albums or her, she's a really beautiful artist and i love all of her songs
0: cool i just uh googled her so i will um I will point people to her as well as uh, somebody. And I worked
1: with her, and I don't even think she wants to be associated with me. But well,
0: it's okay for you to simply say I like this person. Check her out. <laughs> I also wanted to say I really liked that movie, that Ibiza movie. Um, oh yeah. that, was, that was a really good movie. I think that really went under the radar and. And if anybody hasn't checked it out, it's on, it's on Netflix right now. And it's, it's really funny, really cute. I like that a lot.
1: People want to be transported to the club. For sure. Yeah. Alex Reichenbeck. uh, I I believe I'm saying his last name wrong. No, I'm saying it right. Alex Reichenbeck. Yeah. You know, like with friends, you just call them by their first name so much that you doubt Mm -hmm. yourself. Did I? Totally. People that are like my best friends will like still miss misspell my first name, which is why I think I just right cat so then nobody has to like misspell catherine (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah he he worked at funny or die for ages um and he directed that movie so that's how i got on board on board with that that movie is hilarious i unfortunately did not go to Ibiza. Aw, it was just it was from from my apartment but i think i think most of that scene got kind of trimmed down but it was fun
0: (laughs) Well, cool. Well, thanks again. Have a, I hope you have a, you know, safe and sane rest of your week and uh, summer and continued success. And thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. You too.
0: All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. A big thanks again to Cat Burns for all the time and telling me all these great stories. And uh, we mentioned Dispatches from Elsewhere. That is a series that both my husband Brian and I really enjoyed. We also just ate up the morning show and thought it was great. And I especially enjoyed all the performances on that. Black Monday, if you haven't been watching it, it is hilarious and is in its second season right now. The film that I mentioned is Ibiza or Ibitha. It came out in 2018 and it's a comedy romance and it stars Gillian Jacobs, Michaela Watkins and Gwen Elizabeth, I don't know how to say Gwen's last name, Duchon, Decon, D-U-C-H-O-N. And also Vanessa Bayer, it's, it's super funny. The hunky babe of it is uh, Richard Madden, a.k.a. Rob Stark of Game of Thrones. He was also in Bodyguard on... uh, I saw that on Netflix. That is intense and really good. (laughs) Anyways, I digress. But uh, on Netflix is Ibiza. Also, it's cute. If you want a, a fun, cute diversion, I recommend that movie. I am still doing my Parks and Recreation rewatch, and that will be the next episode coming up. My friend Jarf, uh, he's going to be on helping me dissect episode one of season two of Parks and Recreation, and I've already done some great recordings with some other folks too, so stay tuned for those. I have the second half of the conversation I had with Skinner, so all sorts of good stuff. You can find all episodes of Vibrant Visionaries at VibrantVisionaries.com or subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Ciao.